Under the Roof is an Estate Homes production. For more content or to learn more about what we do, visit estatehomes.com videos. And now, on with the show. everybody that's watching this right now that uh, my mic looks really weird we've got some loose screws got some screws loose in more ways than one and uh, we're gonna get those adjusted later but you know what today we're just gonna roll with it and if it's really that ugly to you you're more than welcome to uh, listen on the audio so you don't have to look at this horrendous uh, this mic setup I got going on here today I don't think it's that bad now you got a little bit of an angle going yeah yeah it's uh, it's artistic it's abstract well, it is good to be back, Brendan. Yeah. Thanks for joining me once again. Absolutely. My uh, pleasure. Last, last week's episode was a fun one. Ended up uh, talking about Jaws. Yeah. I like the graphics Just, that you did. I did, too. I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every every episode, I'm going weirder and weirder. Uh, because that's the thing with YouTube um, thumbnails is... You got to you got to do what what draws attention. It's really amazing that like there's like a, a business plan to that YouTube video yes. distribution and like the thumbnail image, yes. instrumental piece of that. It really is, and if it and if it looks boring, then it's uh, this is what it is works against you. So yeah, I had a shark coming over my shoulder. Yes, you did. Yeah. I was a uh, for a while I didn't know where to put that shark, and yep. then I finally was like, you know what, I'm gonna put him right over his shoulder. Yeah. I thought it fit. <laughs> I thought it fit. My wife thought, no, that's uh, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Always got a shark over your shoulder. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> All righty. Well, today's episode is gonna be uh, potentially sort of a shotgun round, sort of. Real estate trivia, uh, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see how many questions we get through. But there's a lot of there's a lot of questions uh, that I actually have written down. That as we go each episode, and uh, I, I try to get I try to get to those. Uh, sometimes we get stopped by something more important we need to talk about, or a, derailed by me, derailed, usually. <laughs> or uh, we get a viewer question and we want to answer those. Uh, as quickly as we can, but today we're going to try to get to some of those questions. Okay. So I, uh, as the host, am going to function as the, uh, the the question asker, and you, Brendan, are okay. Let's do it. The brain the, yeah, right. to the questions. So, question number one. Straight into it. Okay. We're going right into it. There's a couple of terms that get thrown around in the office. Uh, probably get thrown around on the phone. Um, one of them being earnest money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what that? What is earnest money? Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so earnest money is basically good faith money. It's it's money that exchanges hands in a transaction mm-hmm. that basically executes that contract. So um, in real estate, when you basically a, a home goes under contract, there's a few things that are needed yeah. that basically make that that essentially you know in the phrase puts that home under contract Uh uh-huh essentially putting a home under contract is when you have everything you need included in this contract and it's given over to a title company right and uh an escrow is 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 put under escrow so then basically earnest money is uh the amount um of money that is going to be written in a check by the buyer Mm -hmm. um and deposited with the contract 
hmm. to the title company. So it's basically, okay. it's not your down payment, right? Because down payment would be basically mixed in with your lending source and stuff like that. Okay. But it is um, usually, uh, what is the uh, the percentage? Usually somewhere on the realm of like 1%. Okay. Um, so it's a $200,000 home. Right. Your un- earnest money is usually about $2,000. I see. And that $2,000 goes towards the price of the home right. at closing, but it's basically like, hey, I want this home. Okay. I want it at two hundred grand. Right. I'm gonna put twenty thousand dollars down. Right. At closing, uh-huh. um, and to make sure you guys are all good with this, here's two thousand dollars. Okay. As earnest money, mm-hmm. good faith money that that says I am on the line for this home and I'm into it, skin yeah. in the game type thing. And I'm a, well, okay, and that's what I was gonna say is, I assume that that's also a big part of securing your offer, mm. your chance to get the home. It's a, it's a, it's a signal, so mm-hmm. uh, the higher the earnest money, you could almost look at that like the more interested the buyer is. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the buyer side, when I'm on the buyer side, rarely, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you can you can kind of flex your mm-hmm. buyer's interest, uh, not necessarily through the list price, right? But by uh, how much they're willing to put down right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that house for two hundred grand. To prove it to you, I'll put down five grand, mm-hmm. seven grand, yeah, eight grand, one, gotcha. two, three, four percent, whatever. That's what um, I mean. Yeah. So and then uh, and then in the contract, you have to make sure that there's a little blink that's clicked or you know <laughs> or a check that says that earnest money is uh-huh. going to go towards. The sales price, because if you don't click that, then that two thousand dollars just on top of the list price, uh-huh. right? And uh, that's why that's why your agent needs to be very careful. Yes, um, yeah, to make sure like literally all the all the boxes are checked. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> uh, these contracts can you know if they're you know this is why I, I always go into this, and when we get into these little bitty nuances of the contracts, they're. They're dangerous little instruments yes. for people who don't know what they're playing with. Right. And um, they can be very expensive instruments for people who just think, oh, I know what I'm doing. Yes. Uh, I'll Google search this paragraph and try to understand it. Right. Um, but there are weight. There's weights to these contracts, right? Yes. In these contracts, there's a bunch of different things. Not only the list price, the 200000 Let's use that as an example. Okay. But earnest money. And we'll get into maybe some other things like this. Option fee. Uh-huh. Closing. Like option uh option t- uh duration like how long the option yeah period option is. period yeah um the long how long the closing date is what contingencies are on these contracts and right. all of these things can be leaned towards the buyer or they can be leaned towards the seller mm-hmm. meaning um they can be uh, leaned towards the, a buyer advantage or a seller's advantage right it's either one so at the end of this contract, I can look at any contract and I can look at it and say, well, that was leaning towards the, the buyer side right there. Mm-hmm. You know, the seller had to pay for title, seller paid for survey. It was a long option period. It was low earnest money. It was mm-hmm. a long close date. And I can say, well, man, that buyer's agent just took that listing agent apart because mm-hmm. that contract is just completely leaning on the buyer's agent side. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So there's like, when you, this is why you need an agent who can yes. look at a contract and say, well, I can just look at it and say, well, that's totally weighted to the buyer side. Yes. You know, and like that that seller, you just didn't know any better. Or you, you didn't you, know You hired better. the wrong agent that was like, it, it, let me roll down this other rabbit trail. I have this theory that like nine out of 10 people uh, in this world are um, like non-confrontational. Mm. Most people, non-confrontational. Yes. Uh, they avoid confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
passive aggressiveness is usually created out of non-confrontation. Yeah. Um, so if you apply that theory to the 1.7 million realtors in the country, you got mm-hmm. about 1.65 million non-confrontational people. Yes. These are the people that are working for you to try to get you the most money. So you get into a contract against a buyer's agent mm-hmm. and you have a non-confrontational person representing you. Yeah. What side of do you think that contract is going to end up on? Right. You being represented by a non-confrontational person, you're going to end up paying for the title, all these in, these these odds and ends that end up being $10,000. Yeah. And this is literally just because, you know, you got told something that you believed and yeah. um, you didn't do your due diligence into uh, the people who have done hundreds and hundreds of contracts mm-hmm. and can see it clearly. And uh, you know what, this is, this is people's lives. And so it's like, um, we're doing our best to try to convey this, but you know, the contract is going to be, it, very rarely is there a, a contract that just sits like 50, 50 is perfect for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, generally this is, this is the way it is. Okay. So you mentioned it a second ago. So the final question I'd like to cover today okay. from you, the, uh, because all these questions, what's so helpful about this for the people listening right now is this is the kind of stuff that you don't know if you don't have an actual agent doing it. So mm-hmm. often people go the route of for sale by owner because real traditional real estate's way too expensive. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, I can do this myself. But the truth is, this is the kind of stuff you miss. But, but the other thing I want to know is what is the option period? Mm-hmm. I hear you, you guys throw that term around. A lot, and I hear um, you know on the phone that that's a frequent topic of conversation mm-hmm. with the sellers that have signed up with us. You know, making sure that that um, is being kept in perspective. So, final question, Brendan. Yeah, what one. is the option period? Right. So the option period is um, a set period of time. Yeah. Uh, identified or designated within the contract that gives a buyer mm-hmm. from the moment that it goes under contract. So buyer says, I want it. We sign the contract and I've given you my earnest money. From the next morning business day, it mm-hmm. starts. And this option period is a set amount of days. Mm-hmm. Could be seven days, 12 days, 14 days. Um, but that set amount of days is negotiated between the listing agent and the buyer's agent. Mm-hmm. And what that does is give the buyer that set amount of days to basically kick the tires, mm-hmm. right? To uh, to have a um, a complete uh, ability to terminate the contract mm-hmm. with no recourse. They get their money back. They get their earnest money back. So they have. So from a buyer's point of view, they want the longest amount of option period because yeah. it gives them the ability to get in the home, get an inspector in the home, mm-hmm. get, you know, put a, a repair amendment together if they, you know, repair report, all the things that they need fixed and yada, sure. yada, yada. Um, so the longer amount of time that they can have, the more beneficial it is to the buyer. Uh-huh. The, the longer they have to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to replace the roof? Oh, do we need to call the insurance adjuster to come out to look at the roof? That right. takes three, four, five days. Mm-hmm. Um, is the foundation cracked? Do we? Oh, the inspector told us the foundation's cracked. We need to bring in a foundational engineer. Right. He's three days out. All of these different things force a buyer to make decisions. So the longer mm-hmm. that period of time, the better. From the seller's point of view, right? The seller wants the shorter amount of time because mm-hmm. so, it's exposure. Oh, you want my house. Right? right? So I'm going to lock my house up for seven days, 12 days, 14 days. Right. Say it's under contract. 
but then you have the ability to kick the contract because mm-hmm. you have this out. Right. Right. And uh, so as a seller, I'm exposed. You, yes. you can just wake up and say, I don't want the house anymore. No questions asked. Send a term notice over and it's done. Yeah. And uh, if that happens to be in like the best two weeks of March or April, mm-hmm. your house was locked up, no showings going through and the contract fell out. You you lost two weeks. And so right. from a seller's point of view, we want the smallest amount of options. Shorter period. one. Mm-hmm. Buyer's point of view, you want the longer. And um, that's why these, these little bitty... Uh, these little bitty uh, identifiers mm-hmm. are a signal to how strong your your agent, you know. Yeah. Really, it's a very baseline, easy detection to say, okay, if I see like a 14-day buyer's agent option period, okay, or uh, option period, um, like that's, that's just a listing agent rolling over. Okay, sure, no problem. Right? Interesting. A listing agent should be like, let me try to minimize the amount of exposure points that this contract can fall out. Yeah. Well, let me not give the buyer two weeks to just ponder and right. go look at other homes and all this other crap. Sure. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So a listing, I'm like, like seven days. You should make your decision in seven days. And if yeah. you want to negotiate that, let's negotiate that. Let's up your earnest money. Let's. There's an option fee. So they're paying the seller for that option fee. Right. This is another thing. Like somebody, a buyer will come over and say, we want 14 day option period. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a nominal amount of money. It's usually like $100. Right. $200, $500. Well, to a seller, I'm going to sell my home, but I'm going to lock it up for two weeks. Yeah. For what, $200? Yeah. Like, give me a break. Right. And so you look at this and I look at it like I didn't. I didn't have this understanding when I had only run ten contracts, sure. twenty contracts. Like it takes hundreds before all of these big pieces pop out. Right and now, it just looks like uh, ten major pieces in a contract. Yeah, and um, from list price to down payment to lending qualifications to earnest money option period, option fee, close date, any contingencies, mm-hmm. um, all of these little indicators. Or all I need to see, and I can I can basically read the book right there. Right. Um, earnest money being one, option period being another, yeah. option fee being a third, um, and I could go on. But um, these are the things that, as a seller, you yeah. just don't know. Yeah. You don't know all of these little things. It's hard for me to sit here and just explain to you what we're about to go through. Right. Um, and so this is why it is just. Im- Im- imperative that yep. from the very beginning people do their due diligence and say okay if i can have a realtor that has done 200 transactions right we should go with that yeah or 500 transactions or whatever that person is you should yeah. be going towards the person who has done the most transactions yes um period right end of story right and um that's just that's just how it is and, and yeah. that contract that you're going to end up with will always be leveraged in your side right it'll be you know you'll end up saving a lot of money and a lot of stress and a lot of headaches yeah it it as you're like sitting here explaining it it's like contracts are something that at least to me are always sort of scary because yeah. there's so much that you don't that that you could miss that you don't know the wording of da 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 and it reminds me of like how you know, in movies or even just like in life, very often people will um, find themselves in situations where mm-hmm. some sort of contract had some fine print that they didn't know about that got signed and da 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 da. And so, what do they always do? Mm-hmm. They go try to find the best lawyer possible to make sure 
that all of that is mm-hmm. sorted through. Yeah. And and how do you tell who's the best lawyer? It, 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 whether it's in a movie or it's on the news or whatever, it's always phrased as the person who has won the most cases, gotten people the most money, da da sure. da, da It's all about how much that person has done. Yeah. Um, and so in a way, I mean, that's, that's sort of what we're saying is like, look, do, are you given the option to represent yourself in court? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can to not spend the money. But then when you get down to some of those fine print of the contracts and the laws, da, 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 that's where it's probably helpful to have mm-hmm. a, a legitimate lawyer. Look, so there's there's other pe- there's people in the world that are just I, you can call them hard headed where they're like the just the the act of getting the contract done yeah is successful the sure. terms of that contract uh, like that's what I'm trying to say is like you would like there are people who go and try to represent themselves in court right and then you end up in jail you end up in jail okay well it, or you lose money maybe or- you didn't you just did it and were able to represent yourself in court and yes. you got yourself off on probation whatever right. Okay, great. You did it. Right. How much better could had it had been? Right. Exactly. How much did you miss that you don't even know? How right. much money was spent that you don't even realize? Right. Um, like, what kind of position did you just put yourself in? Right. And and you you don't even realize it. No. Yeah. Until it's too late. Yeah. Until so, it's over and done. And you know, the real estate contracts are the trickiest ones. Right. This is what I'm trying to say. Is the, the real estate contracts are set up? Um, now this is a bone to pick with. Trek, who is welcome to call me, uh-huh. but these contracts are, are crazy. Uh-huh. And uh, there are so many exposure points. The contracts are actually made. No, I'm going out on a limb by saying this on the, mm-hmm. on the record, but these contracts are made for buyers. Okay. Okay. To and get that's the what most I'm saying. Out of it. And the Trek. Texas Real Estate Commission is saying, we don't think anybody's ever going to realize this until they've done hundreds and hundreds of contracts. Sure. Because it's not going to be, uh, it's not you're not going to really see it until you see it from that perspective. Right. You see it from our perspective. Oh my goodness! Like there are so many, like in Texas Real Estate Commission contracts allow this to happen. Allow a buyer to put a contingency in place that says, oh, like if I can't get financing up until the day before closing, I can terminate this contract. Hmm. And like. If, if you're not careful, you may not see this in the contract. It's like right. one little bitty checkbox in like page 14 or whatever right. that says, hey, by the way, if I can't, if this funding doesn't happen, I'm just going to term this contract. And this could be like 60 days. Right. right so you're going to lock up a home and then our sellers are like preparing to move and da 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 da. And then like the day before, you're going to term a contract. Hmm. Like that's like almost ruining, it's literally ruining people's lives. Right. And this is acceptable practice. Yeah, this is legal. This is not. It, it yeah. shouldn't be. And uh, and so this is this is what I'm saying is it's like this is not like us. I really we really do try to do good work for people. This yeah. is our heart and our mission and things like this. Yeah. On the other side, these contracts are scary and yes. they will bite you. And yes. they're they're literally created and positioned not not to make the contract go as smooth as possible. They're, right. they're positioned to allow buyers to move around and put contracts on homes and then bail and screw right. sellers. And right. um, you know what? When when that wants to get adjusted, I'm, I'll be the first one to, to throw in my suggestions. Yeah. But um, 
that's 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 my that's my two cents on on contracts. Well, and like you said, you know, they don't expect people to see it because truthfully, mm-hmm. how many transactions is one realtor really doing? If if my goal is to get like uh, let's say five homes sold a year, you know, then when those opportunities come throughout the year, I just want to make sure that they get done. And I'm not necessarily You're going to be confrontational. Exactly. No, because yeah. how many are how many of these are you going to get? You're going to fight for your seller, right? No, you're going to risk blowing the contract up to get the deal well, done. And you correctly? don't have to because of the the commission. Right. You don't have to. Like yeah. you're going to get your due. So why you know ruffle, ruffle feather. feathers? Yeah. You know why you for do little any of that? things that the seller doesn't even realize. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's this big. You know. It's just. I, I don't even know. I got. I could go on with analogies and metaphors, but the truth yeah. is, it's just sad. Is really my only word for it. Yeah. It's sad, and uh, there needs to be something done. And yeah. the the truth of it is, is the higher beings are all realtors and lawyers, yeah. and uh, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, we all play in their in their world. Yeah, you know. I like how you you are you are the kind of person that you're not afraid of confrontation that you will uh just say like like even on the air or even outside like you're going to get to the heart of what needs to be done and speak the truth and they can't handle the truth look this is the way that i mean you can ask my wife this is the way that i'm i am for better or worse yeah and um i have deep strong beliefs in who i am and what we as a you know, yeah. a company are capable of, and I have deep convictions um, that aren't, they're deep because they're derived from experience and they're derived from like um, feeling of empathy around yeah. users and people and humans. Yeah. And uh, you see this layer up at the top that doesn't have any empathy for humans. Mm. Um, and it is all mechanical and uh, infrastructure and incestuous. Yeah. Right. This repetitive, incestuous nature of like, I help you, you help me. We're never going to help the end consumer. And um, you know what? I'm, we're just, you know, yeah. we're not very big. We're just, I'm one man. We're just all, you know, a pretty small group, relatively yeah. speaking, to what we're going up against. But, um, you know, I mean, we're going to just do our, our part as much as we can and try yeah. to try to explain and clarify and and uh, and preach. Yeah. Well, okay, so it's funny that you say mechanical, you know, about the traditional real estate business because what's so funny is that so often the reason that people go with traditional realty as opposed to a company like us who might you know, at the front end look like the oh the online real estate company. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so they're like a robot, like it's <laughs> just like a mechanical thing. I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so funny is they instead want to go to traditional real estate because Oh, that's the personal touch. Oh, that's the people that are going to handle it carefully, da-da-da-da-da. But the truth is, because of the way that it's built, you know, with the, these big franchises who, you know, want to get as many agents as possible and get the contracts, you know, just get them done. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get your commission anyway. Mm-hmm. What's so funny is that you're not really running away from the mechanical, robotic sort mm-hmm. of thing. You're not... You're not running away from like the robots when you go to traditional real estate. You're still 
part of, you know, just this machine, as you constantly say, the churn or burn sort of machine Mm of, we just want to get your house sold. Um, As opposed to, hey, maybe come over here. Just because we're online doesn't mean that we're robots. Mm -hmm. We are looking at every single sale as to how much we can get you because Mm -hmm. we're not taking a giant commission. We're taking a standard fee. um, And really where the value is for us is the customer experience. We're banking more on people having a good experience and and good feedback and good word of mouth. uh, And that's what's going to keep us going. Not, well, we got such a huge commission check on that last one. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter if they weren't happy with how the contract was handled. Yeah. It's really not important. I mean, you can look at our numbers and I mean, it's either uh, people that have continued to sell multiple homes or referrals. I mean, yeah. that's that's the really the the largest generator of new uh, yeah. business for us weekly yeah. and, and monthly is is the referrals and um, and so we're always looking on how to try to optimize that and just really create amazing experiences like I think of that you know creating an amazing experience may be a little bit overplayed like yeah. everybody's trying to create amazing experience um, but a one man show like a traditional realtor there is no experience right right it's just it's just black and white, you know, cut and dry. There's no nuances. There's nothing there. There's no, there's no marketing. There's no exposures. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it just. Um, I have a hard time making sense of it. You know, yeah. compared to just look outward, look for value, look for the experience, yeah. look for the people who have sold the most homes. Yeah, and go there. Whether yes. that's us or somebody else, find the people who have yeah. sold the most homes. You're going to be better off that way. And and. It just brings up an interesting question of, you know, who's really doing things in a robotic, mechanical way? <laughs> On the surface, you think, oh, it's the people that are using the internet. They're not coming to my home, da 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 da. But the truth is, mm-hmm. that's not where the robotic, mechanical sort of action is happening. Where that's happening is in sort of the churn or burn, um, just get your house sold so I can get my commission. That is where there's sort of this, you know, not personalness yeah. to it. This this carefulness to look over the contracts to make sure that the best possible sale for you is happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because at the end of the day, what you just said, go to the people that have sold the most homes. Don't don't look at the surface of the um, the medium mm-hmm. and think, oh well, this person says he's going to come sit on my couch. And this person says that he's going to give me a call or, you know, to get on the website. On the surface, you look at that and go, oh, well, the guy coming to my couch, he's going to be way more personal. Sure. But the truth is, no. Like, if you give us a call here at this office, we are going to mm-hmm. we're going to go through every little bit of that contract. And I know because, I mean, Antonia does it every day. Mm-hmm. If something's wrong, you're going to get a call immediately, anytime yeah. that you need it. Um, as opposed to, you know, we fix, I mean, it's like, it's, it's the broken model fixed. Yeah. It just takes time for people to see this, um, and you know, tell other people about it. Yeah. And this is, this is what we're doing. But yeah, it's, it is, uh, ironically enough, um, it is less robotic than the traditional realtors. It is ironic. And, um, you know, it's just, uh. I just, you know, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I try to sit there and put it into words, yes. you know, but it's like the the real estate industry does not support having a rating system for agents. Yes. It, there is no place to go, okay, let's search who has the most 
transactions. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. to call mm-hmm. that person. Right. There is no place for this. Yeah. And so it just continues to be a matter of who who looks more personal. And I think a great example of a company that has proved that that doesn't really matter. Who? I bring them up all the time. You know who I'm going to say. It's Dollar Shave oh, Club. Of course. Yeah. Dollar Shave Club has literally proven that. Mm-hmm. Look, sure, you can go to Kroger, you can, or you can go to Target, you can go wherever, and you can go buy fifteen dollars. You can Gillette go touch and buy and yeah. look at it right in front of you and say, "Okay, the fifteen dollars Gillette." It must be better. Must be better because I can see it and I can go mm-hmm. touch it. Yeah. Or get on this website that puts a lot of work into their online store and all of this and into their content and their getting you mm-hmm. understanding and showing you that they know what they're talking about. Go there mm-hmm. and and buy from them. And yes, they're in another place, and you don't yeah. see the razor in person. But yeah. then when it comes in, you're gonna you're gonna be satisfied. Yeah. And it's a matter of getting past this idea of, you know, okay, this looks robotic. This looks rote. Uh, that must not be the case. I'm gonna go with a place that's usually more expensive. Mm-hmm. But you know, at least I can go there. Look, it, so there's still you know there you know. Gillette's still doing well. They got what Roger mm-hmm. Federer, you know, they pay yeah. him fifty million a year. Like, yeah. they got to charge fifteen dollars razors. They got to keep up the marketing binge, right? Right. Like, if if that's the type of person you are, you support big brands, Gillette's. You like going to Target and all this kind of stuff. Then, sure. then by all means, like, there's there's products Spend for the you. Extra money. But that's not the future, and yeah. that's truthfully not cool, and it's not economical, yeah. and especially when we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about a fifteen dollars razor. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about thousands and thousands yeah, of dollars. Like, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it, the same thinking ride all the way up? Yeah, know? and uh, yeah. So you don't have to, you know, touch, feel, and you know, yeah, and go to a store and and do this stuff. Right, anymore. right. So viewers, I ask you to ask yourself, who are the real robots here? Is it the traditional realtors that are? Turning through the system to get their commission? Or is it the still very real agents that are working online and helping you get through all those little details and all those contracts? There's that there's that Ryland voice. <laughs> uh, to make sure that you get the best thing possible. You you ask yourself that question and I think you'll you'll know the answer. But uh, on that note, this has been a fun. This has yeah. been a fun one. Yeah. I always educational. This very educational. So. And uh, brought up some. Inter- we got a little philosophical. Yeah, we went talking deep. about uh, what, what 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 does it mean for a what does it mean for a uh, system or a process to be robotic and mechanical and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, is is it a matter of the the medium, or is it a matter of the care and the intentionality in the process? It's an interesting question. Yeah. I like talking about stuff like that. Maybe another, maybe another conversation. Yes, yes. Well, Brendan, as always, thank you for yeah. being on. And we didn't get to talking about the title company, but that is because we are going to have in the works um, bringing in some other people to talk about that stuff. Uh, the way that we work, the way that estate works, we do we we care so much about every part of the process going well that we work with a lot of people and we would like for you guys to be able to meet those people and hear from them uh, about why this is the future of real estate and it's not just you know independent people doing independent things uh, that's the future it's it's working together so uh, we'll, we'll be working on that'll be in the works hopefully maybe next week 
Uh, so we'll dive into some of those other questions then. Very good. But for today, um, as always, thanks for being on. Yeah, right on, Riley. And thank you guys, as always, for watching. If you would like to get more information about uh, listings, as you would like to get more information about what we do to take care of your contracts and all that, if you'd like more information about the best way to sell your home, you know where to go estatehomes.com and if you'd like to get more content we've got plenty of other videos talking about every question you could have about real estate and about modern real estate and all of that um, so for that as well go to estatehomes.com slash videos estatehomes.com slash videos and uh, make sure you're keeping up with the, co the podcast by subscribing to YouTube, iTunes, Spotify all those places the, uh, the downloads and the views continue to, to grow, and that is because of you guys. So we appreciate that and are excited to see the movement continue to grow. With that being said, we love you guys, and we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.